0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 24 of Own the Road with Auto Trader where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lai, and I'm the editor in chief of Auto Trader.
1: And my name is Dan Alika and I am the road test editor of Auto Trader. Doesn't quite flow as as well.
0: Mine definitely sounds a little bit better.
1: Yours sounds the same every single episode. I, I know. try to change mine here and there. Yours is like it's it's like it could just be a little clip that Joseph reuses every single week. It's
0: true, and it's become a problem because now every time I have to introduce myself to literally anyone, I have to say it in that exact same way. Yeah, You've got
1: the cadence. If down. I meet a new
0: cousin, I'm like, "My name is Jody Lie, and I'm the editor in chief of Auto Trader." It's yeah. like, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today's episode is all about EV charging, yeah. and specifically why we are so grumpy about it. So, just a little bit of background. It's no secret that the industry is charging charging towards <laughs> EVs. Whether you like it or not, that's just the way that it's going. It's a very divisive subject. Um, every time we post anything about EVs on our YouTube channel or on our Facebook page, people go berserk. Like on both ends of that spectrum, I people go crazy. I just read a
1: comment. All they said was EVs are a thousand times more polluting than gas power. That is just a lie. It
0: is just wrong. And so there's so much misinformation out there. um, And that's really why we do own the road is because we're here to try to serve you guys the facts so that you can make your own decisions. Uh, we're not trying to, we got a comment every time auto trader posts something about EVs, they're trying to shove it down our throats. I'm like, no, that's not what we're doing. We don't get any kickbacks. We just realize that this is where the industry is
1: going. Imagine somebody being like, every time these guys are doing these movie reviews, all they're trying to do is get us to watch movies. It's like, (laughs) guys, this is what we do. And you buy cars.
0: We're reviewing
1: what's out there. Yeah. Like it's just nonsense. So
0: we're really here to help you. We're here to provide expertise expert, unbiased advice. at the end of the day. Um, And so, and it's funny because like both Dan and I are pretty sour about a lot of the EV experience. I'm
1: so bitter right now.
0: I know, and I I would love to get an EV, but both Dan and I live in older buildings that have no charging, right? And so if you're able to charge at home, and I say this on the podcast all the time, if you can charge at home, buying an EV is almost a no-brainer. It's not for everyone. And that's that's I think something that a lot of people need to realize is that it's not for everybody. But it, it won't be. work for everyone's <laughs> lifestyle right now, especially. Yeah. And a big part of that is because of the public in the the, the, the public charging infrastructure. See, yes. that's how heated I am. Um, it sucks. There's it's no terrible. there's no way to get around the fact that if you don't have charging at home, the EV experience is not great.
1: Yeah. Uh, recently I drove the Mercedes EQB, which is a compact crossover. It's based on the GLB class that I, that I do like, and I think is very practical. Um, and I was very much looking forward to it. Jody and I were talking about it leading into that week. I was super excited. I didn't do much background, uh, into it. And it's been, I would say, kind of a quiet rollout from, from Mercedes, so I didn't really do too much digging into what the vehicle, as far as range. Um,
0: I mean, but we were excited about it because we were like, oh, here's this, uh, you know, it's a good size EV from a popular automaker in a popular body style in a popular segment. Yeah. So, you know, we were we had, you know, high expectations for it.
1: Yeah, and then I picked it up and just, you know, the range. So the, the official range estimate for it, I think, is like, right around 360 kilometers, which isn't very good, uh, in my opinion. And I said this in the review itself. That's not just Jody or myself saying it. Um, There's lots of research out there that, you know, a minimum of 400 kilometers is what most can, I think it was something like the one I read was um, 80% or 79% of Canadians said they won't consider an EV unless it can cover at least 400 kilometers on a full charge, which is totally reasonable. That's fair. But So the fact that this EQB couldn't do that was already kind of concerning to me. When I picked it up, it only had 270 some odd kilometers. Now, wintertime and also very new. It only had a couple thousand kilometers on the odometer. So I was like, okay, in fairness, it's still trying to kind of work out you know, that EVs nowadays have that predictive, you know, like over the, the lifespan of the vehicle, it gets used to your driving style and all that. And so I was like, okay, hey, I'm not going to put too much weight into that. After I drove it, my first charge, I headed up to 332 kilometers of range. So I was like, okay, it's getting, it's getting better already. But my charging experiences all week long were absolutely like, hair-pullingly, I'm going to scream in a yeah. parking lot with no one else around. I just was going out of my mind. It wouldn't charge. I would show up at chargers that were broken. It started charging, and then the vehicle rejected the charging. The first time it happened, it, it was a minute and a half. And I was like, oh, that, that was kind of weird. And I got out, and I looked at the charging station, and it said, charging stopped by vehicle. And I was like, well, that's odd, but whatever. So I unplugged it, had to plug it back in a couple times because it kept failing. It finally worked again. It charged for five minutes and 35 seconds. I'm sitting in the, in the driver's seat reading my book and I hear this clicking sound, and then I'm like, oh my God, it did it again. And I had to contact the, the press fleet manager and say, look, man, I need to get this back to you, otherwise I'm not gonna be able to. So this was on a Sunday. Right. And I had to make arrangements to get the vehicle back to his place, otherwise there wouldn't have been enough range to get back to his office. But
0: can you imagine if you had purchased that vehicle and it was acting like that? As an owner, I would be furious. Like absolutely furious.
1: Multiple brands, multiple charging stations, just nonstop. So the first the first charge that I did was on a DC fast charger. I think it was only a fifty kilowatt, but still, it was fine. No issues. The first time I plugged it in, it worked. Then, the next day, I topped it up at a level two. No issues. A couple days later, before I shot the the video that week, I showed up at a DC fast charger and it wouldn't work. And I was like, "Oh, that's weird," but it happens. I'm not, and I don't. I'm not letting the the industry, especially the charging you know, side of things off the hook. They need to get vastly better. But still, I was like, this isn't abnormal. Uh, So I went to a different charger and it worked. But then after that, at one charger, I tried eight times.
0: Oh my God.
1: And it it would say initializing on the charging station and it would show that it was connecting. And then it said it couldn't connect. I have this screenshot from a charger that I went to, it was a flow charger, and it literally says, unusual error. That's unusual, something went wrong with your charging session. That's all it said.
0: Yeah, see, that's really annoying because this kind of stuff has happened to us so many times. And in the beginning, when like EVs were new, I was like willing to deal with that inconvenience because I was like, oh, it's got to get better. It's got to get better. And here we are years later, and it hasn't gotten better.
1: I would argue it's gotten worse.
0: <laughs> yeah, because so there's been a lot of times when I've been driving an EV, you know, I don't have a whole bunch of range left. And, and you shouldn't let it go as low, but like I was starting to panic. And so I'll arrive to a fast charger where the app says, okay, you're good to go. I'll get there. You know, there's someone else plugged in, can't do anything. I'll go to the next one. Oh, it's broken. Um, I'll go to the next one, um, and, you know, it's offline for some random reason. And so here I am, my range is getting less and less. My battery is getting dangerously close to nothing. And what am I supposed to do? Like, it is just so frustrating to me, and I can't deal with that level of inconvenience anymore. It's too stressful. Um, And then you get to the problem where a lot of these fast chargers need you to download a special app to use it. You have to preload money onto this app before you use it. Um, And then sometimes it doesn't work. So you load all this money on. The charger doesn't work. I feel like I got scams. And then you call the customer service number and they're like completely not helpful. And so right now, I think I have maybe six different charging apps that all have money loaded on them that I will never get back.
1: Yeah. Right? I did though. So, and this is kind of you know, a good news, bad news situation is that Ivy charging stations, which I've had decent luck at. I don't know what the hell happened, but it's like in total disarray. I don't know if they got hacked or what, but I showed up one day and charging was free. It said the chargers were offline. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of handy. So I plugged in, I charged. And then a couple days later, I get an email that basically there was like a system-wide problem Now you had to download a new Ivy app and they did refund. So I had like 30 bucks on the previous app. So they refunded that money. But then I got an email yesterday. This was weeks ago, by the way. Yesterday, I got an email being like, if you still have the old Ivy app, disable auto reload. So I'm like, something's clearly going on with... I like and it's just the way I keep looking at it it's like, yes, okay, we, you know, gas stations have existed for literally like decades upon decades. But just imagine showing up at a shell station and you needed a shell app in order to fill up or that you showed up and the pump wasn't working. Here's a good example. I normally love Petro Canada for EV charging. Same. And one of the big reasons why is that there's credit card tap on the stations, or you can use the app. There's lots of options. And also just that the infrastructure is more common than some other brands, some like dedicated EV charging. Yeah. But I went to this one in Milton, Ontario, that I have had fairly good success. A few times I've showed up that they've been offline. This was just like, to me... The, again, another example of why it's overcomplicated and unnecessary. I showed up at the charger. It was like, no joke, 5 o'clock in the morning because I was shooting that day. So I was already like tired and groggy. I pull up. There are two DC fast chargers there. Big stickers on them. One of them is labeled charger number one. The other one is labeled charger number two. I open up the Petro Canada app and... The available chargers, 8 and 9. What? And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I close the app. I open it again. I make sure I'm looking at the right. I was like, I don't know. Maybe the geolocation is off. I look. No, I'm at the right place. There, There's no charger 8 or 9. So then I'm looking at it on the app, and I'm like, hey, 1 is on the left. 2 is on the right. 8 is on the left in the app. 9 is on the right. I'm like, I'm just going to gamble that 9 is 2. Mm-hmm. And nope guessed wrong so then I had to like stop that session and go to the like and move the vehicle so I could plug into the next one once again imagine pulling up at a gas station and having to guess which gas pump that you were going to
0: will magically work
1: it is ridiculous and then the other problem as much as I love Petro Canada I was really resistant of using any EV apps in the early days so I went to Petro and I decided to plug in and tap uh so I did and it you know was however much tap my credit card and then i went to go inside to get a receipt so i could expense it it was a, a work expense and the guy was like oh sorry our our chargers like they're not connected to our system yeah so th- once again they've made it unnecessarily complicated that to me because lots of people drive for work that they Get yeah. either reimbursed for, or they have gas cards or whatever. And if you
0: don't want to put your personal information in, so yeah. at those Petro Canada ones, you have the option to put in your email or your phone number, and that's the only way you can get a receipt
1: back. But this was before you couldn't do that. Oh. that's within the last, like I would say, within the last year to two, you've been able to put in your phone number or your email. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was if you decided to kind of pay at the charger, so to speak. You had no way of getting a receipt, and I remember calling the the customer service, and like they were just like very unhelpful, and basically told me like, Tough. You're out of
0: luck, yeah." And I'm like,
1: "Well, that's not really an option for a lot of people."
0: No, so for me, until chargers, until fast chargers have a credit card tap at every single station, that's super annoying. If if like, the tire compressor has a tap. I don't understand why an EV charger can't have a tap. Like, it is just so frustrating. And
1: also, I think we need to say, we've talked a lot about the pressure on the auto industry uh, to push EVs, right? This is like, you know, a government mandate. And I will bring it up in in connection to Toyota Canada has voiced many times that, you know, it's a a kind of single-pronged approach. Um, Toyota Canada does not agree with with the government zero-emission mandate that is targeting 2035 a hundred percent new vehicle sales will be electric that's fine i think something that we need to keep in mind a is that canada's approach to to zero emission vehicle mandates is mirroring the u.s (laughs) and europe so it's like to sit there and say canada is wrong you're saying that the rest of the world essentially is wrong but regardless I think in fairness to the automakers, if you are going to kind of hold their feet to the fire and say, Hey, you need to get people buying these vehicles. Why is the same pressure not being put on the charging companies?
0: It, it should be It
1: 100, not just it getting needs to be. more infrastructure, <laughs> but like the, the unreliability of these charging networks, the fact that they all have to be connected to the, I've shown up at chargers that they just say like that they're offline. Mm-hmm. They've, For whatever reason, their internet connection has failed, so you can't use them. Once again, imagine showing up at a gas pump and being, oh, sorry, uh, it's not connected to our computer right now, so you can't, like, you would be like, A, it's, easy enough to just drive to the next gas station, but you'd be frustrated.
0: I'd be pissed. And so there's also been times where I've parked in an underground parking garage because, oh, they have EV charging. So convenient. Let's use it. Yeah. You need the app to start the charge. I'm sorry, down three levels, there's no reception.
1: Yeah. Even here at, at Trader HQ, yeah. sometimes the my phone, our our charger, their charge point, same thing, where my phone doesn't have service, but I can't charge. So I have to literally plug in and then run up the garage ramp so that I can get my my phone to connect in order to start the charging. And
0: it blows my mind how stupid that is. Like that in no world makes sense to me. No. So until they can figure this out, I can't personally recommend EV ownership to somebody who needs to rely on public charging.
1: And even still like not even because I I'm, I'm with you 100% uh and if you can charge at home it just like you said it's it's virtually a no-brainer and all of that I'm in full agreement but this problem is limiting for driving anywhere like yeah okay you can charge at home but if you want to go to Montreal yeah if you're doing you're like, a road
0: trip or something yeah
1: that's not you know that's pretty normal growing up in in kind of southern Ontario like to drive just about anywhere you go to Buffalo go to you know London go to Montreal like we we're road tripping people yeah. right? so to to be like okay well I'm gonna go on my road trip hope that I can charge along the way hope that the station is going to work
0: it's not enough.
1: That's ridiculous, you...
0: (sighs) Also, something I encountered when I drove an EV to Quebec is that for some reason, my app that works in Ontario did not work in Quebec. So I had to download a Quebec-specific app load money onto that app, didn't work, had to call the customer service line. They did not speak English. It was a complete mess. And I bet
1: you didn't get a refund.
0: I did not get a <laughs> refund. Of course I didn't get a refund. And that's what I'm saying is that like, it feels like a scam when stuff like that yeah. happens. And that's not the way to warm people up to making this switch.
1: Yeah, it's just- It's just
0: not working right now. Yeah. Um, the other problems, you know, even if the charger is working, sometimes they're in like sketchy parking lots that are not well lit yeah what am i supposed to do i'm just i'm just gonna lock all my doors and sit there being uncomfortable i thought about
1: that once you you mentioned that to me before and i was thinking about that right it's like if you're let's say okay you you sit in your car and you've got the doors locked and whatever if the vehicle is plugged in you can't drive away because it's a safety like there in order to prevent you know shorts and fires and stuff, unlock it. Yeah. You have to unlock and unplug. You can't in an emergency situation, just start the vehicle and drive away. So that's sketchy. It is
0: sketchy. And sometimes, you know, these chargers are located in very, like not, it's not walking distance to anything cool. So I can't like leave the car and hang out at a coffee shop while I wait for it to charge or something. So that's sketchy. Other times, you know, just, uh, where the chargers are located. Can you imagine if you had a trailer? Like, if you had a Ford F-150 Lightning with a trailer, you literally could not pull in to charge because then you'd be blocking a whole driveway. Like That's
1: the the <laughs> thing with these um, on-routes. So in, in Ontario, the kind of highway service centres have been, you know, a lot of them have been rebranded as on-route, which is a clever play on, on kind of the French. But anyways... Um, yeah, they. I was super excited to see these IV chargers because it's uh, Canadian Tire gas stations have the license for the the provincially run on route stations. Uh, so these IV chargers that were going in, and I was like, "Oh, this is really cool because you're going to be able to to road trip across the province." But yeah, there's no pull through. There's no pull stations. through
0: spots, and so there's no way that somebody with um, a trailer would be able to charge. Um, and- it's just
1: crazy that this is not like, none of these problems are are kind of like unexpected. And the fact that what I can only presume are very smart people are the ones who are designing these. It's just, and, and it's not just about the stations. In fairness, how many vehicles do you see that the charge ports on the front of the car or the charge ports on the driver's side, but you're going to a place where it's got curbside chargers and you yeah. literally can't plug in... But to me, it's like, who, like, these are smart people making dumb decisions. That's (laughs) what it comes down to. And it's like, guys, this isn't, this isn't something that we can look at as like a, well, okay, it didn't work out. Like we, for, for better or for worse, we as a society have kind of put all our eggs into this EV basket.
0: And the, the cold, hard facts are that the infrastructure is just not ready to support it. It's
1: just like self-sabotage.
0: I know. And and I think it's really sad because there are so many EVs out there today that are great, great vehicles. Mm-hmm. But I simply cannot recommend it if you cannot charge at home. It's true. And that sucks. Like, I wish that wasn't the case, but that yeah. is what my experience has told me. It's what Dan's experience has told him. Um, so if, if any of you have, you know, good or bad stories about this experience, please email us at Trader, uh, expert at Trader.ca. It's the first
1: time you've ever messed up. I used to always mess it up.
0: I know now it's my turn, but expert at Trader.ca is where all those questions go. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear if you've had any good or bad experiences or some like tips that you've learned along the way, that would be really cool. And we'd love to share them with everyone else. Um, but today's ask an expert question comes from Michelle from Quebec. Um, bonjour! During wintertime, we know the range of EVs drops from 30 to 50%. Does having a warmed battery give it more range? Also, does warming happen only when the battery is charging, or will the battery remain warm even after the charge is at 100% and still plugged in? Merci.
1: Good, Good questions.
0: Excellent question, yeah. Michel. Thank you so much for sending that in.
1: Um, so there's a lot to it. Yes, a... a kind of conditioned battery will perform better um the way that they work is you know the the kind of electrons just like anything they kind of slow down in the cold Mm -hmm. um so when the battery is warmed it it'll just kind of move more like it would in in normal operating condition or ideal i should say operating conditions um so yes not all vehicles have battery warmers, uh, which is, you're starting to see more of them, because preconditioning often just applies to the cabin, which is great. Right. You can you can make it nice and comfortable for your drive to work on a cold day, but that does nothing for the battery. It's just going to trigger the HVAC system. But you are seeing battery warmers. Yes, they do operate better. That 30 to 50% loss can be true. I've seen some vehicles do less than that, um, but... So yeah, warming it is is great if you can do it. And also, yes, when you plug in, if if it reaches a hundred percent, especially if you've got a companion smartphone app where you can kind of monitor and stuff, not all vehicles, it's not a guarantee that leaving it plugged, because often it'll just shut down and and that once it reaches a hundred percent, it'll stop. But some vehicles you can set your departure time so it will Condition the system, the HVAC and the battery system, if it has that that option um, for your departure time. So you can set it for when you leave for work in the morning, for example.
0: Yeah. So a warmed battery uh, will help you preserve your range a little bit better. Um, the apps are really good for that. Again, it's not available on all vehicles, but yeah. I find it's getting more and more common yeah. now because especially in Canada, like that's such an important thing. Um, and for me, I have not noticed range dropping as much as 50%. For me, it's usually around 30. And it's not necessarily because it's cold out. It's because I have the HVAC on full blast because I'm always cold and I need to be warm.
1: Yeah, it's. but I do find like, you know, even still, it's just the, the way that, you know, the chemistry mm-hmm. works, right? It's like, because I've, I've tried both where I'm like, okay, I'll just like shut the HVAC off and see how much range I can realize by running as little as possible as far as accessories. And it's still, you know, can you still lose substantial. I'd say, yeah, that kind of 20 to 30% is what I've usually seen. Yep. I've, I've never, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It's just, I've never seen 50% range loss. That is like, very concerning to me.
0: I mean, just as an example, I was test driving a Hyundai Kona electric a few years ago, and I did it in the dead of winter. It was like polar vortex dead of winter, right? And so I left it outside for two days in like sub-zero temperatures. After I came back to it, it had only lost 11 kilometers of range. That's nothing. Which is nothing. It's basically nothing, right? And so after that, I, I kind of felt a little bit better yeah. about like, okay, it's it's safe to leave your EV outside for an extended period of time. And you won't come back to it like a brick, right?
1: And I also, you know, I mean, look at a country like Norway. It's got the highest EV adoption in the world. And it gets pretty cold there. Yeah, <laughs> so, they
0: figured it out, right? Yeah,
1: so it, it clearly can't be that bad yeah
0: again it's it's another one of those things where if you if you have a garage um, and you can charge at home those concerns shouldn't really bother you because yeah. it's it's really a non-issue at that point um, but the other thing that a lot of cars can do now is if you're on the way to a charger you can condition your, you can tell your car, I'm about to charge, precondition my See, battery.
1: I wouldn't say a lot of car, I've only seen that on a few.
0: Luxury EVs Yeah, do like
1: Porsche was yeah. really big when, but that was a new, like when the Taycan, for example, came out, it did not have that feature. It was last year. Mm-hmm. So for 2022, um, this kind of preconditioning, but and I guess it's sort of not unfortunate, but it, but it is very specific. It only works if you punch in the charging station in the built-in navigation. Whereas for me, I'm a big Google Maps guy using Apple CarPlay, it doesn't do the same. You have to use this very specific setting in the Porsche Connect system. Yeah. So. Not ideal, but it is cool that it it will optimize it for charging. Yeah,
0: and I think that that's only going to get better with time, too. And that's something that you can change. Like, with OTA updates and whatever, I think that'll eventually become much more common. And that'll trickle down to more uh, affordable EVs as well. Agreed. Um, So thank you, Michelle, for your question. That was a great question. Um, But yeah, I guess that's it. Thank you for joining us on episode 24 of Own the Road with Auto Trader. Uh, till next time, we'll drive safe and see you next time. See you guys.